millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. We're in the studio today with John Groders. John is the writer and director of a brand new film, Sabina, Tortured for Christ, The Nazi Years. Many of you will have seen uh, Tortured for Christ, the movie, came out several years ago. John, also the director of that. John, welcome back. Well, thank you, Todd, and it's, it's always such a joy to be here. You know, John, most people's lives uh, aren't really worthy of making a movie about. Uh, you've already made one movie about Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, now a second movie. Why are their lives worthy of uh, being told in not just one film but two? Man, if we can make 20-some movies about James Bond, uh, <laughs> we could make an endless number of movies, I believe, out of the stories from Richard and Sabina Wormbrand's life. They're real heroes to me, and and they are real inspirational people who lived in the most – uh, dark and fascinating time. So you, you have this crucible of history in the 20th century. Romania is a country the size of the state of Colorado, once known as the breadbasket of Europe. Bucharest was once called Little Paris. And then the rise of the National Socialists, or as we know, the Nazis. And when World War II commences, uh, the Romanians are in you know, cahoots with the Nazi. That's what side that they are on. Uh, but halfway through the war, they switch sides, only as the war ends, meaning that they are now under the thumb of the communists, the Soviet communists. And so this poor little country really gets beaten down by the Nazis who come in and, and are, are arbitrarily um, you know, exterminating the minorities, no Jews. They just take over their companies. They take over their land. They exterminate hundreds of thousands of Jews. And then when they get rid of the Nazis, here come the communists. And they come in and they say basically no religion at all. And so that's where we met Richard and Sabina in Tortured for Christ when they were imprisoned uh, under the communists and that lasted for 14 years. This new movie, Sabina, Tortured for Christ, starts in the same exact time, 44, but then it goes – the whole movie is basically in flashback. And uh, as the movie begins, there are these three German Nazis who are now on the run – in the city they used to terrorize, Bucharest. And they're on the run because now the Soviets have come and there are some Nazi soldiers who haven't yet escaped the country and they're kind of in hiding. And so the tables have turned, or as we say, the hunters had become the hunted. And so these three Nazi soldiers are told of one house that may give them some help, food and shelter. And the address is the home of Richard and Sabina. And they knock on the door and Sabina sits down and, and offers some assistance to this enemy of hers. And it is an enemy of unbelievable depth. This is an enemy who has imprisoned her husband three times and her twice and beaten them. And worse than that, it's an enemy who has exterminated her beloved family and all of her relatives. And yet, when faced with that enemy, she, she gives them shelter and the German says, why would you do this? I would never do this for you. When, when the Reich recaptures Bucharest, as we will surely do, I would never do this for you. 
And she says, I'll protect you from the Russians. I can't protect you from the wrath of God. And she helps them. And he says, why? Why would you protect a German soldier? You know it's a life sentence if you're caught. So that's the question the movie has to answer. Why would uh, anyone help their enemy? And to answer that question, she, she sits them down and she starts the day she met Richard Warmbrand. And she tells her life story. And it is a beautiful love story. It is a beautiful love story. John, there's there's an amazing part of this that the, the movie begins with not, not based on a true story, but with the words, a true story. Those Nazi soldiers coming for shelter to Sabina, that really happened. <laughs> that, that, this is not like we're creating a, a sort of canvas to, to make a story on. She tells the story in her book that that actually happened. You know, everything in both of these films, I mean, like you said, we released Tortured for Christ, I think, in 2017, and now in 2021, we're going to release uh, Sabina. And uh, as much as possible, um, I tried to use the words of the Wormbrands, and thankfully, they wrote a lot of them down. Yes. Their phraseology, their cadence, their insight, their humor. Of course, we have to fill in some gaps and put together, you know, some, some particular set pieces and locations, but, but these are their words. This is a true story, and, and, and it's taken from their autobiographical writings, and we piece together those things, and really, like you said earlier, why make another movie? I mean, we have to be selective. You cannot even imagine uh, how many ordeals that they have described for us and how inspiring they are. And they really are victorious stories. And, you know, there's, there's a line when, in uh, Sabina where Richard is beginning to consider the faith in Christ, which he's never held. And his wife comes and visits him in a sanatorium. And she brings him a book by Karl Marx, thinking this, he would enjoy this. Because he had, of course, studied under Marxism. They were both communist, Marxist, atheist, hedonist, all these things. She gives him this book, and uh, he says, oh, this is Marx and his theories of the opiate of the people. And she says, what theories? You know, and he says, well, Marx said that the abolition of religion is the requisite for real happiness. And she says, oh, well, we must be quite happy then. <laughs> And Richard is thinking about this, and he walks to the edge of the wall of the beautiful Carpathian Mountains in the background, and he says, he says, Mark's never found happiness. I'm not sure he's the one to listen to. And I thought as I was walking into the studio, we were talking a little bit about Richard and Sabina. Richard and Sabina Wormbrand did find happiness. They suffered greatly, especially in their young years and their middle-aged years. They really, really paid the price. I never met them. Many people around here have met them. But they both lived long lives into their well into their 80s, fruitful lives, joyful lives. And to compare Karl Marx with Richard Warmbrand is a great comparison. And ask yourself, which one would you rather follow? Because uh, Richard and Sabina, not only did they find happiness, that's almost too simple of a word for what they found. They found real life, life abundantly in their marriage, in their faith, in their calling, even in, in very, very trying situations. And again, maybe happiness isn't like, – the suffering was real. We don't candy right. coat. She says after his, his first beating and, – and this movie is a, a different style of movie than Tortured for Christ, which was a lot in the prisons. And this does 
take them back to their youth. And uh, there's a lot of sort of romance and beauty in these things. And so the very first time they get picked up by the Nazis, it's the first time either of them have been arrested. Certainly the first time either of them had been beaten. And they don't start out as experts in this field. They don't start out like, yes, we just suffer for Jesus. And they have, like the rest of us, fear. And, and the very first thing they meet in the prison, she says, she says to him, looking at the scar on his face, was it, was it horrible? And he says to her, there was pain. I will not lie to you. But later in that same scene, he says, I am grateful to be among the beaten by his grace rather than among those who beat and this is the beginning of that understanding, a deeper understanding that they begin to, to live out of what it means to be Christ followers, of understanding Jesus' call, which is so radical, you know, to turn the other cheek if an enemy strikes you on, on one cheek, to if someone says, carry my pack a mile, that you carry it two miles. Like this kind of radical thing that we hear about in Sunday school, that we read about in the Bible, it becomes the word made flesh once you are put in that situation. And no one wants to be put in that situation that I know. I don't even think Richard yeah. Sabino would say Nobody he wants to be there. Nobody lines up for the suffering line. But if you end up in that situation in life, and at that point you start to live out the words of Christ, then we actually are now becoming transformed into his image, mm-hmm. which really is the goal of all Christians. Yeah. John, you, you filmed a movie in another country— uh, during a worldwide pandemic that that really closed down almost the entire world, how <laughs> how challenging was that? And you know, how many times along the way did you just sense God has His hand on this project? Well, Todd, you're right. One of the great things about both Torture for Christ and Sabina was that we shot it on location where the events actually happened. And not only did that add realism to our, quote, true story, but it put us into a cast of actors who come from that culture, whose accents are perfectly accurate Romanian accents because they're not British actors pretending to be Romanians or Russians or Germans. Um, and so the cast, the crew, the locations, there's an authenticity to everything, which, which really adds to the realism of the film. And, and as you're watching these films, I think you completely find yourself in those times and in those places uh, because we really were blessed to work in those locations. And uh, we, we really were blessed by God in a lot of ways. We, we were over there for months, of course, in pre-production. But we actually began shooting in January and then in February of 2020. And it's interesting, while we were filming in February, I started to hear the beginnings of, oh, the Italian soccer team isn't allowed to come into Romania because of this new thing. It was just, it was starting to, it was to kind filter. kind of rumors and, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, so we finished filming the principal winter in, in February. We were scheduled to take a couple months break and then come back in May because an eight-year, this the story of this movie actually spans eight years. So, of course, we needed winter scenes and summer scenes. and So we were going to shoot the winter scenes in January, February, come back in May. But, of course, as soon as we got home, now you're into March of 2020, and that's when everyone said, okay, this two-week lockdown is going to be necessary in order for us to have enough space in the hospitals. And so the world locked down for two weeks and then another two weeks and then another two weeks and then an endless number of two weeks. And May was completely off the books, and we couldn't come back in May, and we couldn't come back in June. And, you know, you start to worry, are we going to be able to finish this film? Are we going to have problems pulling the cast and crew together? What if someone gets sick and, you know, dies from COVID? What if? I mean, all kinds of questions. But there was a window that opened up in September, thank the Lord, and we came back and we finished the filming in September. 
You know, and for all that time, January, February, September, and then we were, of course, back again even with you, Todd. You and I were back in Romania even a month or so ago last July and uh, working on our group study, which will accompany the film. And, uh, you know, there are so many things that a film like this has going for it, but one of them is prayer support. You know, and we feel that. And we we know that everybody's job is important, whether you're a farmer or a school teacher or a pharmacist or you're, you're fixing the plumbing. But when you're making a film that tells a story like this, for whatever reason, we're blessed with prayer support. My church adopted every single actor and every family in my church put an actor's photo on their fridge and prayed for that actor. And uh, I know the VOM here was praying for us on, your, on Tuesdays uh, on your chapel services. So one of the things that I can just report is that we didn't lose a single day to COVID. And we had a cast and crew oftentimes of over 200 people. Uh, that's 200 people day after day after day. Um, and we, of course, took care of all the protocols and did. we had people helping us with the protocols, taking temperatures and stuff. But God protected us because had someone come down on the set, it's shut down. Yeah. It's just shut down and, and we, we would have been in real trouble. So not only did God protect us at, through the filming of this, um, he's, he's protected us in every possible way. We didn't lose a single hour to the weather or to an equipment breakdown or to any kind of malfunction. So thank the Lord he gave us the weather we needed and the, the coverage we needed. And uh, we will just say, I, I, uh, I think that's honoring the prayers of the righteous. And I, I personally, this is just sort of my little smile. Well, I put a smile on my face. I think that Richard and Sabina were, were so faithful through everything, so faithful that as, as the children of God, he is, he's just, um, it just seems to me like he's providing a tailwind for us to tell their stories. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit more about the veracity of this, because I know there, there's a you know pivotal scene in the film where Richard actually makes the commitment to follow Christ. Yeah, the scene where he gets baptized; those were filmed in the room where it actually happened. How how amazing was that to think? Hey, we're reenacting this scene, but but this is exactly where it happened. Well. <laughs> You know, when I think back even to my first scout trip, I, Judy, my wife Judy is the producer, so we, we work as a team. And, and when we first started working on Tortured for Christ, I mean, you don't know anything yet. I hadn't met any actors. I hadn't met any crew. I'd never been to Romania. Um, I hadn't even finished reading all of Richard's books. I mean, it's, it's a new project. And so our first scout trip, we fly to Bucharest and uh, – and I'm wanting to see some prisons. To, and we're evaluating, should we shoot this in Oklahoma, where they have a nice film instead of program? Should we shoot this in a studio in Los Angeles? Should we go to Canada? Maybe we should go to Romania. And the very first scout trip, a big team welcomed us with open arms and smiles and graciousness as if they were so happy we were there. And they had a whole long list of things they were going to show us. And the first place they take us, we, we get out of these vans and we're marching through snow that's above our knees down a hill into the woods. There's no, we're, we're walking into nowhere. I'm thinking, is this even safe? Because you could twist an ankle or you're, you're really hopping through deep snow. And we open up this, this army barracks that was used by the Soviets back in the 40s. And I was in the building for all of 10 seconds. And I'm like, we're filming here. I mean, game over. And that was the one of several of the prisons that we were, we were shown. And these were prisons where Richard was actually held. Yeah. I mean, one of them is called Gilava. And amazingly, it's still completely intact. It's actually still a working it's prison. It's still a prison, yeah. On the other side. Like they built buildings to the left, and that's where they actually house modern prisoners. But if you go to the right, there's this underground, and it's damp, and it stinks, and there's mold everywhere. And it's this huge labyrinth 
of jail cells. And uh, so we filmed in those prisons, and the authenticity was, was um, incredible. This particular film, we were looking for some different things. Richard uh, writes about going to a place called the Anglican Mission to the Jews and speaking with a pastor, a Christian who had been a Jew named Isaac Feinstein. And it just so happens that that building, that church building, is still used by the Anglicans today. It's an older building sitting in the middle of a more modern city. And we shot in that sanctuary. And then even more exciting for me was in the front of that sanctuary, there's this marble baptismal. It stands about three feet off the ground. It probably weighs many hundreds of pounds. It's actually a beautiful carved marble baptismal that has been in that church since its inception. Richard was baptized in that church, in that room. And so, you know, I don't have like a, you know, a signed card from him saying, but this is the baptismal that he was baptized in. It has to be. There, there haven't been another one. It's so heavy, and it's been there since they started. So the step that he takes, which was a radical step for him. Oh, yeah. I mean, his wife was so opposed to this step of Richard being baptized. Not only did she not come, I mean, she didn't come to the baptism. That would be sort of enough but the reason she didn't come was that she intended for Richard to find her dead body when she got home. She was so distraught that he would take this step that she said, if we couldn't have the life I wanted, then we wouldn't have life at all. And when he found my dead body, Richard would realize what a terrible choice he had made. Now, that does not sound like the words of the woman that I now consider one of the greatest saints of the 20th century. But that's the degree of distance that she had to travel before she became the Sabina Wormbrand that she becomes. You know, that brings up another question. We don't often think about our spiritual heroes uh, sort of B.C., before Christ. Uh, This film shows Richard and Sabina Wormbrand, the the founders of The Voice of the Martyrs, the people who would go to prison for Christ for years, shows them before Christ as very worldly, very lost, uh, hedonist, did you ever worry in the filmmaking process that somehow you were kind of tarnishing their image or, or tarnishing their legacy by showing that part of the story? You know, the Apostle Paul didn't seem to worry about that, did he? And he said, <laughs> you know, I was the worst sinner of all sinners. And he goes on and then he tells you why. He actually was. And, you know, the, the stories of the Bible— I think we can take our, our lead from. And, and Richard and Sabina, likewise, they don't candy coat anything when they tell their stories. They're very honest. And thank God they are, because otherwise, you know, we don't recognize ourselves in these stories. And Tortured was an incredible project to work on, a life-changing project for me. And the only thing when we finished it and people go, man, could I do that? What would I do? How would I respond in those situations? The only thing I said was, well, I don't know that I could respond like them because I'm just not as good as they are. And to some degree, that's probably fair. They were smart. I mean, Richard speaks 14 languages, and these were exceptional people by any measure. But the the goodness part of them wasn't inherent. And if you watch Tortured and you think, well, that's just not me. I couldn't do that. I really wanted to do another film with VOM and do the backstory because it turns out that we can relate to them. They they had a back a background that was as far from Christ as anybody's. So to really let them tell the backstory of as Sabina says how she fell in love with a husband, and then how she fell in love with God, and then finally how she was able to learn to love her enemies. 
Um, that's a story that has on-ramps for us no matter where we are in the journey. Um, I think Cole Richards, the president of VOM, was sort of making that comment that there's something in this for everybody, wherever you are on the journey. He said, whether you're not a Christian at all, you recognize yourself in this film. Whether you're searching for God and haven't yet come to a conclusion, there's something, there's some place for you in this film. Whether you're new, I said, yeah, even if you're a mass murderer, because we've got that too. Um, but I really like that we can put these two films together and see that any of us, through obedience and faithfulness, can reach the highest levels of life in Christ. And not only does that make a difference for the kingdom, that spreads the kingdom of God in very real ways, but it also leads to that life we talked about at the start of joyfulness and peacefulness. There's a, there are fruits and benefits um, spiritually of being like Richard and Sabina because they were like Christ. Amen. John, how important was it to emphasize Sabina's side of the story? Uh, you know, we, we often think of Richard— we know his side of the story. Many of us have read Tortured for Christ. How important was it to kind of tell and, and kind of focus on Sabina's side? Well, it makes for a really nice bookend. So the other movie, Tortured, the narrator is is Richard. So you kind of hear the story from his perspective, which is an amazing perspective. He's got incredible insight and wisdom and patience. And just to make a, um, you know, to finish, to, to balance it out, this story, we really decided, let's, let's tell it from Sabina Oster's point of view. That's her maiden name. Um, and thankfully, we had cast two fantastic actors in the, the previous film in Torture to play the roles of Richard and Sabina. And I just believe God led us to Emil Mondanak as Richard and Raluca Botez as Sabina. I don't think I could have spent five years searching the entire planet I honestly don't, and found better choices at any price or at any level to play Richard and Sabina than they, Emil and They Aruka. also happen to just physically resemble Richard and Sabina. It's really oh, kind of amazing. I was just in the lobby right now waiting to come in for this interview, and there's this famous picture of Richard and Sabina at this bridge. And I'm looking at this picture, and it's the, about the same age as our actors are. And my goodness, there's a striking uh, physical resemblance, which I said at the beginning, I will not cast this based on physical resemblance. I need actors who can re reflect the character. And God gave us both. Um, and Emil and Raluca are, are both nominated for Best Actor and Best Actress in this film at a number of film festivals. I mean, their, their, their work is really, really stunning. I wanted to reflect... Uh, the real Richard and Sabina, not some sort of sanitized version of them. And, and the people that knew them, I've talked to many of them, and I've tried to learn about their mannerisms, their idiosyncrasies, and they say, Richard didn't say the thing you expected him to say. He was a wisecracker. He was a clever, you know, he, he just sort of had a, a running pun with life and had, had fun with it. And so uh, that was sort of the nature that we tried to create in our, our characterizations, that, that he's unpredictable and he is fresh and sometimes stubborn, but, but very gentle. And now for, for uh, Sabina, here's a woman who in the 20s is attending Sorbonne in Paris. It's not every woman who is getting a college education, and we meet her at the beginning of the film driving in this beautiful convertible 1933 Audi with her uncle. And he starts out, not physics, you don't study physics. Of course I study physics, you know, and geology and everything the boys study. Why wouldn't I? So right off the bat, we know that we've got this precocious, intelligent, and she says, I want the same thing every girl wants, and a little bit more. I mean, she's ambitious and uh, creative, and 
and that's the Sabina that we meet from the very beginning of this movie. And there's a fun-loving side to that. I think she's really likable and uh, and clever and and cute. Uh, but she's also quite self-centered, and uh, she just wants what she wants, and uh, is is living a life completely lost from faith in God. But um, but regardless, she's likable, and you want to take this journey with her, and then you you fall in love with her family, you fall in love with her relationship with 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 Richard, and and once you care about your lead character in any movie, right? This is one on one. You you got to care about your lead character. And the lead character has to be a driver of events, not just a passive recipient of events. And we actually put that metaphor literally on the screen when she says, so can I drive your car? No, you may not. Can I please, please? No, absolutely not. And then by the time she pulls into the place, of course, Sabina's driving the car. She's behind the wheel. Right. John, you've spent, what, the last five years of your life uh, deeply involved deeply connected to Richard and Sabina's lives their writings the the ministry they founded the the work they did how have you been impacted and i think especially of in terms of faith how have you been impacted by the last 5 years you've really you've spent with Richard and Sabina there's no doubt and i would say this for both, Judy and i both of us um the ministry of the voice of the martyrs is to remember those who are in chains around the world, to not let them be forgotten, to pray for them. We have actively now become regular prayer warriors for the persecuted church. And that's part of the result of now being involved with the Voice of the Martyrs. I get your I commit to pray every Friday, and I take a few moments and, and pray for those uh, people. And, and sometimes I've got time to read the prayers of the others. So we have been engaged one with the education, because I did not realize, other than a couple of smatterings in the news, what was going on in the world. And, and VOM does a great job. That's the result of the ministry of Richard and Sabina. Personally, however, Richard and Sabina worked as a couple. Uh, and and I have the privilege of working with Judy and my wife on these things. And we recognize in their marriage ways that we could improve our marriage. And uh, what we find in both of these films, Richard is definitely a leader. Like, he is a leader he is a biblical husband in many, many fashions. Sabina is not only his equal, she is really, in some ways, uh, I don't know how I would put it, but if you saw Tortured for Christ, there's this one scene where they're sitting in the Congress of Cults, and what's happening on the stage is that the church is capitulating to the communists who have, who have committed to uh, increasing their pay, and, and uh, the church has really been compromised by the Communist Party, which is atheist at its core. And Richards and Sabina are sitting in the audience getting frustrated like this isn't how it should be. And, uh, you know, she kind of says, you know, you should speak. And he says, if I speak, you know you will lose a husband. And then one of Sabina's famous lines, she says, I don't need a coward for a husband. Richard speaks. And for 14 years, she loses her husband. I mean, everything he said was true. He didn't jump out ahead of her. He waited for her to make that commitment. In this particular movie, again... They're approaching a Nazi checkpoint one night in their car, and they're, they're checking the IDs, and their ID has a big red J on it. And it, it was their last chance to peel off and, and go into hiding and run away. And, and once again, it's, it's Sabina who opens her Bible and, and, and reads, and she says, He who would save his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. We believe this or we don't. 
Now, that's in the Bible. He who would save his life will lose it. It's not a passage that we've thought about much, but when we work with Richard and Sabina and we see the the commitment that they said, we believe this or we don't, I think we have to stay. We have been challenged personally through these things to say, when or if the time comes, can we respond, not as Richard and Sabina did, but as the Bible calls us to respond? And uh, probably we would all admit that's not really a conversation that we have had in our Western Christian lifestyle. It is a conversation that seems like it's more and more important to have so that we can be victorious if or when those challenges come. And Richard and Sabina have queued us up uh, for that. John, how does it feel? You've put all the work in and all the work and all the work. Uh, Now people are starting to see the film. In fact, uh, this week, the staff here at Voice of the Martyrs had the the privilege of watching the film. You know more people are going to watch it in the weeks to come. How how does that feel? Do you, do you feel nervous? Do you feel excited? What what goes on in, in your heart and mind now that kind of your baby is, is going to be out there for the world to see? Well, it's a great question, both. But I'll tell you this. My job is not to um, – to do a good for you movie or eat your vegetables movie. This is to be, this is entertainment. I mean, sincerely, um, as much as I love the subject matter, if you don't love going to the movies and enjoy yourself, then that's, that's a failure. And this is the best subject matter I could have ever been handed because it's true. And there's the ring of truth and inspiration. I sincerely want people to say that was my favorite film I've seen in years. There was something about it that was beautiful. And, and it was uh, at the Christian Worldview Film Festival recently. It won Best Picture. And, and even more important to me, it won Audience Choice Award. So uh, it was a beautiful uh, first showing at Christian Worldview. And now that we've showed it to the VOM staff, I mean, I have to watch audiences now because I don't know until they see it. But I think people are going, that was wonderful. Uh, and, and those compliments are, are given and sometimes to me, but they, they really are to the cast, to the crew, to the composers of the music, the whole team, to create a film that was memorable. And it's sort of what movies used to be, something that was worth seeing. And that's what we're trying to make. That absolutely is what we're trying to make. John, you talked about God's hand on the production. You talked about the fact that your church was praying. Uh, People here at VOM were praying for the production. One of the last questions I always try to ask, we want to equip listeners to pray. We're, We're getting ready for this movie to be out all across the country. Thousands of people are going to go into a theater. They're going to sit down and watch this film. What are the ways that you're praying about these days, the the launch days, the theater days, and and how can our listeners join in those prayers? Going to the theater is obviously a personal choice. Um, it's a choice that um, is easy to not make, especially recently. A lot of us haven't been to theaters, some of us for years and years, certainly through COVID. So the safety element of this, and I, you know, we don't exactly know what the status of the world will be on February 8, 9, and 10. But, um, you know, my prayer is that this is such a beautiful and worthwhile experience that I would want you to share it with your family or with your friends. Um, I think this, it's appropriately rated to PG-13. It's not a little kid's movie. I don't think I, you know, that's everyone's personal choice, but we certainly don't cross any lines that are going to be offensive. Um, but yet uh, we would just pray that God opens the doors to the theaters. People come in droves by, by church groups and by small groups and by men's Bible studies. Um, it's a it's a gritty and real and entertaining enough film that you will not be embarrassed to take 
your unbelieving mom or dad or brother or sister. You will not be, they will not sit there and go, this is cheesy. You won't have that experience. This is a tool that Christians can use to reach other, other non-believers. But even if it's just your church, um, it's a, a fantastic, I really believe it's a fantastic film in order to encourage you in your faith walk. So, you know, yeah, we want people all over the world in many, many languages to connect with their story because it's a unique story. There's not a lot of people who had both the, the, the human giftings and then the protection of God to survive what they survived and then to write about it and build on it. They were unique in all the 20th century in many, many ways and therefore uh, worthy of our attention. It's not, like you said, there's not a lot of people who might be, have a life necessarily <laughs> worthy of making a movie. Man, I think Richard and Sabina are the opposite of that. So my prayer is that yeah, the, the church rises up and enjoys this film and is blessed by it and wins others. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted.